Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, and we're going to read in just a minute verses 42 to 47. And we're in the final two weeks now of the series, The Story We Find Ourselves In. And uh, so this week is life together in the new community. And then next week will be the new heavens and the new earth. So just again, we're flying, we're we're flying pretty high over this. These are, these are broad brush strokes. Um, I I was telling somebody the other day, I'm going to be looking forward to just having a, a paragraph or two and just preaching a sermon where it's just like, Oh, this is what we're doing today, not the New Testament, you know. So um, anyway, that, that's funny if you ever prepare messages, maybe, but um, talk about a... She goes, you still working on this message? And I said, I don't know if they can tell, but yeah, I'm, I'm still in here trying to, oh, Lord, distill it down into my head. So uh, this series, it, it's, I think it's helped to put the series in a sentence. The story that we find ourselves in is about learning to read the Bible through the lens of Jesus and how we as individuals and as a people fit into the story. So that's what we're doing in this whole thing. And so we've, you know, if you put the story slide up as well, um, yeah, we've just been working through this through the lens of Jesus, the triune God creates, the fall all these different pieces, the promise that comes to Abraham, the the promise to Israel, the promise to David, the covenants, the prophetic warnings from the prophets, you're going to be sent into exile, and then ultimately Jesus comes as the ultimate Israelite, and really human, to show us what humanity was supposed to look like in relation to a dependence upon God that then expresses his authority on the earth, right? And so then he dies on the cross for the sins of the world. He is crucified, resurrected, ascended, and then pours out his spirit. It's good for you that I go. He pours out his spirit, and that's Pentecost. We talked about that last week as we talked about the resurrection, the ascension, and Pentecost. Man, we're covering a lot of ground, right? But, uh, but it's powerful. It's powerful to tell the story in this way. I mean, just think about, so, you know, out of, the, out of all of these stories that we've been talking about, this is our, this is, you know, this is the train that's been moving. When you hop on with Jesus, there's a whole story that you're jumping into. It's not disconnected from us. The Old Testament is not a disconnected story. We've been grafted in. If you're a Gentile, you've been grafted into that moving train, that story of God that's being told in the the Messiah then coming to the earth. And so Jesus brings the fulfillment to the promise, to the destiny, this promise that was given to Abraham to bless all nations through your family. All nations will be blessed and to die for the sins of the world and to bring forgiveness and healing and reconciliation with God and with each other. Isn't that good news? It's 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 the greatest story ever. And at Pentecost... The, the, the Holy Spirit is given. And one of the things that I'm amazed at, when I read the Acts 2 story, it was just hitting me in a fresh way. The Holy Spirit's poured out, and it's not, he doesn't just give bullet points of things you're supposed to know. He pours out, the, the, the Spirit is poured out, and everybody comes together in love. Isn't that amazing? Like, 
having the Spirit is not just, it's not just about bullet points and knowledge, although he does lead us deeper into knowledge, but he leads us into a fellowship of the believers in a way that changes the world. Think about it like this. This, this message is life together in the new community. And, uh, you know, that is both wonderful and challenging. Um, and depending on how old you are, you'll know that it's wonderful and challenging. The older you get, the more you realize it's, it's both wonderful and challenging. Because it's the end. This beautiful bride is the end that God's going for, but it's also the means by which he prepares us and gets us ready. So it's not just the end, it's actually the preparation process. So we literally can't do growing up in Jesus apart from community. It, it cannot be done. And that's where um, there is a corrective needed when we just, when we, uh, what's the word, uh, when we existentially just see ourselves as saved and a part of a big C church out there, but don't participate in church on the ground with people, it's, it's just that always gets expressed by this. People in life groups, I don't like that. She keeps talking about her mom. She keeps talking about her, the, that, you know, and we have to work through that stuff. And it's not just she. He keeps talking about, you know, whatever. And we have to work through that stuff, right? It's, it's sort of preaching. I'm not really preaching, but I'm sort of preaching. So it's wonderful and it's challenging, both then, back then, and it's challenging right now. Jesus in John 16 told his disciples, it's good for you that I'm going away because when I go away, I'm gonna send the Spirit and the Spirit's gonna take what's mine and make it known to you. He's gonna lead you into all truth. And again, there's that understanding. It's like he's leading us into truth, but he brings us together in fellowship and community. So it's not just learn the facts and go to school. It's come together and learn how to live as people. And it's just, we need this vision in our hearts. This is learning to live life together as Christians. And so Jesus knew it would be hard. And so in the next chapter, he prays the last prayer and it is, it's, it's Lord, help them. They're going to need help. Lord, just, I've sanctified them. Now help them to live it out. I've been obedient to you in my life. Now help them to live in unity. And it is their unity that's going to let the world know that you sent me. Isn't that amazing? Because it's so counterculture. It's so, uh, it's so against the grain that we just, we're not going to just pack up into little tribes and denominations, but we're actually going to be this multi-background, multi-ethnic people from all different kinds of backgrounds and experiences and things, and we're going to walk together in unity in Jesus. So if you would... The Holy Spirit comes, and let's just read about what happens. Stand up for the reading of the Word of God, if you would, please. Acts 2, verses 42 to 47. Lord, bless the reading of your Word. Open our eyes to see today. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold possessions and property to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together 
in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of God, and we say thanks Thanks be to God. Amen. Have a seat. Okay, so you guys, when we started Antioch, it was called Christ Fellowship for the first 25 years, and um, our vision was, we we said, man, let's do church like we read about in the New Testament. That just really fired us up. Let's be the church. And honestly, I can say we saw a few things, but we didn't see where we would end up or where we're at in the story right now. You just can't you can't imagine that much. You can't imagine how much stuff God's going to lead you, lead you through and the pain and the, all the different stuff, but he's led us. And we had this dream to do life together in the new community, to be the church of Jesus Christ, to be God's people and God's story for God's glory, God's mission, God's, you put some more in there, to be image bearers like we're supposed to be, to be a part of the story, to receive the promises, to be grafted into this incredible story in Jesus Christ together, to help to make things right, to, uh, to, to work for uh, loving God together, to love one another together, to live lives that are, I, I know this is uh, uh, funny sometimes when I, when I do this, but I want you to have this image of us being a signpost people because we're an eschatological people. Like, this isn't just going around in circles. It's going toward an end that God has when he's gonna make all things new. It's in the second sermon that Peter preached in Acts chapter three. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for him to come again and to restore everything, to make all things new. We'll talk about that next week. And so we really are in our holiness, in our righteousness, in our living lives before God, it matters how we live. We're, we're pointing and saying, it's out there, and we want to live that way now. So, so we're living with the end in view and the end in mind. We're always thinking that way. But you know what? It's messy. Somebody. It's It's messy. Man, it's, it's hard sometimes. And what's been handed down to us is a mess. In our country, it's a mess. Around the world, it's a mess. Uh, the future Ukrainians are being handed a mess. Future Russians are being handed, a, it's, a, it's a mess, right? And so it's a mess with divisions and hurts and wounds and denominations galore. It's a mess with race and politics and tribalism, and accusations. Whenever you, just even in your own, it's, it's how the enemy works. He is the accuser. If you find yourself giving language to accusation against brothers and sisters, like, be, be on guard. You know, it, it's easy to get pulled into that and just let the accusations kind of continue flowing. That's the work of the devil. Don't do that. And so, so we wanna, Lord, help us in the midst of all this. Sometimes I think, you know, we're the body of Christ, and sometimes I think the body looks emaciated and, and frail, you know, and, and not, not working right. Maybe a leg's being dragged along, it's just not, or it's disconnected, or th- those kinds of things. We're the, we're the bride of Christ, 
And sometimes, let me just tell you, the bride, I love seeing a beautiful bride. How do I work this out? Um, but sometimes the bride is not looking like a beautiful bride. She, she looks more like her fingers got stuck in the light socket and, you know, just kind of discombobulated and more bride of Frankenstein than bride of Jesus Christ, you know, and that's, you know, that's life after the fall. That's our brokenness. That's the sinfulness at work in us. We are compared to the temple of God, living stones that are being fit together, but sometimes the stones don't look like they're all neat, right? It looks sometimes like a, a, a rubble, sometimes. And so, Lord, help us. And, but here's the good news, is the story is not over yet. And we're, right now, at, January will be 30 years, we're not where we started. Like, we're further down the road. And we talk all the time about things we haven't done that we'd like to do. We haven't arrived yet. And we're not saying we've arrived yet. It's a process. Of, of, and here's what will help everybody. Living under the headship of Jesus Christ. If we'll just all commit to saying we're going to live under the headship of Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, all right. Just um, flowing. And... Um, so under the headship of Jesus. So here's the main thing I'm trying to say. It's this. God calls us to share his life together, face challenges together, and express the reign of Jesus together. Right? So we were in life group the other night, and um, we got on this conversation about promise, endangerment, the promise being restated, which brings hope into our lives. And that's... It, it's actually kind of like a plot in a story. There's a promise given, and then it's like, oh, man, is this ever going to happen? Like, are we just busted here? And then the promise kind of gets reconfirmed in our lives, which brings hope, right? And so it's, it's like, that's, it is like a plot. That's how characters are developed. And by the way, that's how we're developed. We, we get some promises from God. We go through hard times. And we have to keep trusting in God again. Are we going to see the promise restated in our lives, which brings hope? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we want to see happen here. So that's the story of the New Testament is life together in the new community. I'm borrowing the phrase life together from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I, I just, he has a great little book called Life Together, and it captures what we're actually trying to do. I read The Fellowship of the Believers, but it's, it's more than that. It's a vision, but I'm, I'm just breaking this down in two ways. It's, there's a vision, but there's also challenges. And, so how, and then how do we live this out? That makes sense? Vision, challenges, how do we live it out? So first of all, the vision. It's seen in Acts, and it's expanded in the letters. And so you'll hear us around here say a lot of times, like our shorthand for the whole story is Christ, the church, and the glory of God. So when I say that, that this is, I'm talking about the whole thing, life together in the new community, going through challenges, Christ, the church, and the glory of God. That's why we share our vision statement the way we do. We, our vision is to share and multiply the life of Christ in the church, the new disciples, new life groups, new congregations to the glory of God and the joy of all peoples. And so that vision, it's not like, edgy or, you know, on a shaky limb out here somewhere. It's just like, it's the heart of God that we would share his life together. 
and multiply that life. And there's a couple of Greek words here. One is in this passage and another's in a few other passages. But uh, I just want to point out two uh, Greek words here. So koinonia. Anybody ever heard of that? Koinonia. That's a pretty popular word because it's almost been used so much people understand. There's like koinonia, coffee shops and stuff. It just means fellowship and unity and communion. They devoted themselves to the koinonia, to the fellowship and to the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread and, and prayer. It's like good when people break bread together. We, went, we were at some people's house last night and breaking bread and talking about seeing the Lord as we shared the meal, you know, and it's, it's good. And went walking at the park and just, it, just being together, the breaking of bread. And, and we prayed too, so it's really good. So all of that. So koinonia, and the other word is uh, homothumadon. How many of you guys have heard of that one? <laughs> it just means of one accord, of one mind, one heart and mind, homothumadon. And uh, so those are kind of two words I just want us to hold on to. And so here's the vision. Shared life, shared hearts and mind, shared purpose. Okay? Just, I'm giving them to you right there at the start. So shared life is the koinonia. It's the shared life of Jesus Christ and the, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's our, us sharing in that life. Like we're here because we're sharing life. Like we've been given new life together in Jesus Christ. And everybody's not doesn't have all of your personal hobbies and likes to, on the same page, uh, political preferences on the same page, to be able to come together in life and share life together. So that's a, that's a big deal. Um, it's like uh, when we call each other uh, brother and sister, Graydon's my brother. And when we call each other brother and sister, that's not just a, a throwback to something, old Baptist thing or you know, whatever. It's a, because we're, we're family. Like we're literally family. They, so they called each other brother and sister, and it's all right. You're not being super spiritual when you say, hey, brother, you know, I'm looking at Andy right now, but just, hey, brother, you know, and we call each other brother because it's, it's a family thing. And so, yeah, sometimes it's like going to a family reunion of a really big family, and there's like, I'm just not sure about Uncle Joe, <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's, there's gonna be some of that, you know, some strangeness, but we, but we come to these reunions and we get to know each other. We get in each other's lives, and there's a lot more focus in a life group, uh, just getting it down to discipleship and life group. But um, yeah, I, I think there's some things that have hurt us, though. You know, we live in a consumer culture, and that kind of hurts the family vibe in the church. It's, it, they're not the same thing, you know? And so in a consumer culture, it's not, it's damaged our understanding of family. I will have and I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, but I will have some people come to me sometimes and say, yeah, I'm just kind of shopping for a church. And I, I never know what to say there. You know, it's like, I hope you buy Antioch. <laughs> it's just kind of awkward, you know? And I, I get it, you know? And, but I, I will say, hey, may the Holy Spirit lead you exactly where you're supposed to be, where you can connect and serve and be a vital part of a connected, life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting church. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a big deal. We were talking about this the other day, and uh, someone said, yeah, if I'm in a shopping 
consumer mode, it's not like I go to Walmart and then I'm waving goodbye to everybody on the way out. Hey, see ya, I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> we just go and get our stuff. And it's the same way, if we feel that way about church, then, you know, if it just, we could even just see ya, you know, just, and not have the, but working through family stuff, even if God has a different assignment for us in a different season or whatever, we work that through in a healthy way because we're family. We're, we're brothers and we're sisters in the Lord. Okay, so that's the first part there is shared life, shared hearts and minds. This is the homothumadon word, one accord, one heart and mind, having the, we have the mind of Christ. So it's really important then that we commit together to submit to the reign of Jesus, to saying, Jesus, you're the head of the church. How, how many thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of times we've prayed that prayer as leaders in the church here. It was our number one value when we started. Jesus, you're the head of the church, submitting to the headship of Jesus Christ, right? So um, that'll actually help everybody. Uh, that's what the leaders are trying to do. I hope that's what the, everybody's trying to do. Jesus, the head, we're the body. And so we function and move under his leadership and over time, learning to submit to that leadership together, it becomes something that, is really an expression of the kingdom and of his reign on the earth. So uh, it looks like all kinds of, it affects our time. Like, I can't explain to you who I am without talking about Jesus. I can't explain to you who we are without talking about Jesus. I was interviewed a while back by a neighbor who was, it was at, uh, uh, what's that school? Uh, Country Day, yeah. And, uh, Bless all the schools in the city. Um, uh, but, uh, but he was doing an interview, and, and I realized I wasn't trying to just like throw, do a big Jesus throwdown with him. I just couldn't answer any of his questions about what's going on in life and my opinions about those, what's going on in our life and culture without talking about Jesus and the reign of God. You know, and he, and he loved it. You know, he just, uh, so... Uh, it's powerful. So it's going to affect our time. It's going to affect our giving, what we do with our money, when Jesus Christ is the Lord in our lives. And, and so it's shared hearts and minds, a, a unity that is beautiful. And in Philippians chapter, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, Paul says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, and that's what I'm talking about here, being family, be in the life together in the new community, if you have any encouragement from being united, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing, koinonia, homothumadon, in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, didn't hold on to that, but emptied himself in order to live, a, to show us what a totally dependent life on the Father looks like, you know, even to the point of death on a cross. So, it's a shared life. This vision of life together in new community, it's a vision of shared life and shared oneness of heart and purpose. 
And purpose is the last, last one there. And when, I'm, when I shared heart and mind and shared purpose, and that's just going to be like we witness to Jesus. We are, we're, point, we're signpost people. We're pointing to Jesus. We make disciples. We uh, multiply life groups and churches in order to help other people come in and connect. We want you to connect with what God is doing. We want to be connected with the Lord and what he's doing. We share the gospel, the good news about Jesus. We're on mission together. We make things right in our spheres of influence in the city. That's all part of this shared purpose. We cross boundaries, just like they did in the book of Acts. Acts 8, they crossed the boundary to the Samaritans. Acts 10, they crossed the boundary to the Gentiles. In Acts 11, they crossed the boundary to the multi-ethnic church in Antioch. And everybody's there together. And actually, it's when we're there together in our differences that purpose actually expands even more. They actually start sending missionary teams out of that one place there where maybe they had struggled doing that, it seemed, in Jerusalem, right? And so uh, making things right, crossing boundaries, and then the working out of all of the differences, Acts 15, the big council, and it's a mess. Oh, what do we do? And they get a very narrowed down list, and then they say, okay, this is it. And it seems good to the Holy Spirit and us to not make it hard for the Gentiles coming into the fellowship. So unity is, is, is there. It's already been threatened in, in, in uh, Acts a little bit, but the promise is then restated, and there's hope. So they, there's promise. It seems endangered. What are we going to do? It's restated. There's hope. We're not going to make it hard, but we're going to help people get in, and then there's a greater hope that's arising. So then let's talk a little more specifically about challenges. Woo! Yay, yay. <laughs> Got a, a timid yay over here in the background. So the challenges then, it's all, it's all part of this life together in the new community. It's seen in Acts, just like the vision, and it's expanded in the letters. And it's about survival. It's about, are we going to make it? I mean, down through, you know, it, you, the longer you keep walking, you've got, you've got stories about, are we going to make it? Not just, are we there yet, but are we actually going to make it anywhere? And the Lord keeps leading us forward to unity through trials, through persecutions. You see them over and over again, experiencing different kinds of persecutions and the cross and sufferings and, and stuff that we wouldn't, if we don't have this vision, there's just stuff you're going to say, yeah, that's hard. I don't think I'll do that. And yet we're promised uh, not just everything's going to be hunky-dory all the time, but we're supposed to keep our eyes on Jesus who for the joy set before him endured and went through hard stuff. I like the way Peterson says in Hebrews 12, 2 and 3, he says, when, you go, when you're in a hard situation, go over that story again and again. Just go over the story because it helps us to see that, yes, there's suffering and trials and hard things, but there's hope for joy on the other side of that, of joy of being together and all that God has for us as the people of God in this place. You know, every pretty much every letter in the New Testament has a challenge to it. And a lot of times it deals with a specific situation. Are they going to make it? You know, and I, okay, so on this old phrase, you know, hey, we want to be the church like we read about in the New Testament. Y'all have heard, and people smile when I say that. Like, yeah, that's good. But which one do you want to be? Have you ever thought through that? Which one of those guys do you want to be? So, 
You want to be Galatians, the Galatians, the Galatian church? Uh, you know, they had this two-table heresy thing going on where people weren't considered equal, and so they would not eat together. You know, they had two tables, and Peter, I mean, talk about tense moments, Paul confronting Peter in the church. I just, ever been in an awkward moment like, oh, this is, this is really awkward. I, I think it, that would be one of those moments for me. I confronted him to his face. I told him he was wrong and he was going against the gospel of Jesus Christ by sitting at another table with the Jews rather than sitting all together, Jews and Gentiles, one table people. Like, like he's fighting for the gospel, right? So um, that's, the, that's the Galatians. What about the Corinthians? You know, got a few issues there. You know, you can't just go blank check on the Corinthians, right? You got the sexual stuff. You got the guy with his father's wife. Um, it's in there. Just read it. If you, uh, you got lawsuits among believers, guys coming from crazy backgrounds. You guys were, you were messed up. That's what some of you were. And yet, you're saints. And all the promises that God's made to you are yes in Christ Jesus. Isn't that good? It's just, it's like really good. There's challenges, it's hard. What about the Philippians? We just read a little bit from the Philippians, but the Philippians were grumbling and complaining and had some sketchy Jesus preaching going on. But Paul says, look, I don't care. I know they're trying to do it to get at me, but if Jesus is preached, then that's good enough for me. And he's, he's in jail, meanwhile, while this is going down. And then he's got the circumcision group there, and they're bragging about stuff, and Paul just goes off and does a throw-down mic drop by saying, you think you got the Hebrew stuff going on? I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I, I'm, I got it going on more than all y'all. Studied under the best teachers, all this stuff, and as to legalistic righteousness, faultless. But what matters, what really matters, is putting your faith in Jesus Christ. I want to know Jesus. I want to know Christ and the power of sharing and the fellowship of his sufferings and walking with him. That's what, that's what we want to do. We're citizens. We're, we're, we're here, but we're also, our, our home is, is, is there, but it's coming. We're citizens of heaven and the new creation, and we're citizens of this ultimate new heavens, new earth that's coming, the new Jerusalem. Okay, so uh, Romans, who, who wants to be the Roman church? Okay, so uh, again, uh, Claudius, the emperor, had expelled the Jews from Rome, it's documented, um, in about 48 or 49. And so about 55, when Romans is being written, the Jews have already started trickling back into these primarily now Gentile churches, and there's all kinds of conflict going on. There's conflict about who can eat what, when, and food sacrificed to idols and all this different stuff. Can you imagine? Have you ever been in a situation where people didn't agree about what to eat? I actually have. We had a season in, in the, the, the life of the church and the staff where we had some really strong uh, uh, vegetable evangelists. And it was, it was difficult, and not just vegetables, but raw, all raw, had to be raw. And I mean, just syncing up, making the dinner table time like pass in the night together was a hard deal because you had to chop, they were chopping for like an hour and a half, you know, and then preaching to us the whole time and saying that chicken or that meat we were about to eat wasn't, you know, <laughs> I'm, this is, I'm tongue in cheek, but 
mostly. <laughs> but can you imagine, though, it's deeply ingrained into your soul that you eat these foods or you don't eat these foods, and it's a, it's, it's a big deal. And so you've got all this, this stuff going on. Scott McKnight has a great little book called Reading Romans Backwards. And he encourages looking at the 12 through 16 in Romans and understanding where he actually goes with that deal, um, that it's about the food and the Jews and Gentiles getting along. When you start to understand it and then work your way back to 1 through 4 and 4 through 8 and then you know, 9 through 11 and telling the story of Israel and being grafted in, the Jews. like it, He's trying to help everybody get along in this new family of diverse backgrounds and preferences and food and culture and laws and religious interpretations of things. And then you throw into that sin and selfishness and everything. Man, it's, a, it's, a, it's wild. Let me just read a little bit from the end of Romans, chapter 15. You can look in your Bible too. Really quiet when I was doing that. But it's, it might be on the screen too. Romans 15, verse 5 May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind. There it is again, shared mind, toward each other that Christ had, Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another. I think somewhere else he says, stop passing judgment on each other. It's not, the kingdom of God is not food and drink. It's not about eating and drinking. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is the kingdom. So he goes on, accept one another, just as Christ accepted you. What a great word. Like, look around right now, and God's calling us to accept one another as Jesus Christ accepted you. Isn't that powerful? I mean, what a, what a great word. I, he says it similar, like, forgive each other just as God in Christ forgave you. So, you know, we're going to pray in a minute. If anybody needs to forgive somebody, forgive them. And again, just a little tidbit, if they don't know they've done anything wrong, don't go to them and, and tell them that you forgive them for the thing they didn't know they did. It's not a, I forgive you. It's pronouncing judgment on them. I forgive you for what you did. I didn't know that I did it. Yeah, so just so. <laughs> for free. Might, might be like a, you know how, uh, uh, that was a check. Okay, I'm stopped. <laughs> um, I was going through some of this with Kim yesterday, and she goes, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> She goes, it's a good thing you went over that story with me. I was like, yeah, no, that's not good. That's cool. She's yeah, a little sketchy. So accept each other as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on God's behalf so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed and moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. And then he goes on several verses of Old Testament scriptures. The Gentiles are going to be brought in and see the light. And then here's the context of this verse that I just, I, I think about this all the time. May the God, Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you'll overflow with hope by the power 
of the Holy Spirit. And the, that overflowing hope is that there's promises given, but they've been endangered, they've been restated, and now he wants hope flowing into them. Isn't that powerful? Just a really encouraging thought to me. So, uh, so that just brings us back to getting along in the church. If you think about you know, the, 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 the different churches there, and they've all got problems and the church has always had problems down through the years. In fact, as it more rapidly grew, the problems grew. Just, and so they had to figure out stuff about who Jesus really was in the first couple of centuries. They had to figure out how to do church government. How are we going to get along and work stuff out and make decisions here? And it actually became important because different ways the enemy was coming against the church and against people. And then there's been all down through the years all kinds of things that have divided the church. Literally, the big one, I think 1052, help me out, the Great Schism, um, and, and it, it, over something that seems uh, small, but it wasn't small to the entire Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church. That was the biggie on a, a phrase in the Apostles' Creed, the filioque, and um, so I'll keep going. What's that? Instrumental music was a was that part of that 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 division, yeah. Using instruments um, that goes back to my own heritage a bit there, and uh, but if you think about all of the different ways that pe- and the reasons that people divided, you know, and what God is calling us to is to love one another, to love each other, and to turn toward each other, to be like the Trinity, turn toward each other and be family. And so that's really gonna help us over the long haul that we're not just, if something happens we don't like, we're just out. We're just, we're checking out, you know? And um, I'm not saying it's not hard. I've uh, been around long enough to know that, that it's hard. But, but down through all of these different things that have happened, you know, the Lord's been trying, he's been teaching the church and we want to learn from the different moves of the Spirit. And so those promises were endangered through different divisions, but then the promise was restated again. All these different movements of the Lord in, in through church history, the Reformation, the Anabaptists, the, the, the Radical Reformation, the, the, the Great Awakening, promises restated. The Second Great Awakening here in the United States, uh, promises restated, the Keswick movement in England, the power of the Holy Spirit coming, promise, endangerment, promise restated, and hope comes to the church, the Pentecostal awakening. You know, is there any part of this that you don't want to be influenced by and learn from and grow? We're, we're ancient in the sense that we're influenced by those who've gone before us. Um, and yet, we've, I suppose there's something from every stream of a life-giving renewal movement that we could grow from. You know? Um, what, what else in the 20th century? The uh, latter rain, the third wave Pentec- uh, Holy Spirit move, the vineyard movement. I was really influenced by the vineyard. And all of that growing up in um, uh, uh, the restoration movement. Those my roots. Um, I need to land. Um, so if we'll get back to love and unity and um, humility. Yeah, it, 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 when, you're, when you're hurt or wounded, not just throwing a label on somebody where we don't have to deal with it, 
but everybody's people. Everybody are other individuals. And um, it's, this has really helped me. When, when the challenge is on to living life together in community, it's really helped me. I, I, Brene Brown is who I'm thinking of, but just the, the idea that every, everybody's kind of trying to do the best they can with what they've got. And if, if we'll remember that, it'll really help us. Like, ah, oh, that really bugged me. That was offensive to me. But what if they're just, what if they're trying to do the best they can with what they've got? Then it, 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 that has helped. So how does the Lord do that? It's with the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts are given for the building up of the body. Uh, and especially the gift of prophecy, which we're told to seek more than any other gift. Seek especially the gift of prophecy. Why? Because it builds and strengthens and encourages the body. Does anybody need some building, strengthening, encouragement? You know, I've told you guys about this. Uh, under my shirt, there's a bullseye. It's a birthmark that I was given. It's for encouragement. I'm kidding. <laughs> sort of kidding. Uh, but we need encouragement. We all need the word. Like, man, I just want to encourage you with this scripture. I want to encourage you with this, this thought or this idea. And so the gifts of the Spirit, huge. The, the fruit of the Spirit, we want to live that way. And I, just as we're wrapping this up, how does the story keep going? If the story's on right now, how do we move forward in that story? And it is going to be ordering our lives together in community, facing the challenges that come our way, and living and expressing the reign of God together. And realizing, let's just take the last two years for example, we probably weren't all at our best in the last two years. Could somebody just acknowledge that? Uh, yeah, you know, I, there might have been some better seasons for me emotionally. <laughs> you know, just weird, bizarre reactions and overreactions and emotional tanks done and Mike and I, the color wheel, always spinning on Mondays. What's the next decision? You know, like, oh man, I thought we were done with this. Just, right? And so uh, realizing that we all maybe haven't been at our best, but also realizing that God's not through with us. The story continues. It's a now and not yet story. He's, he's putting things down in us that he wants to then see us live out and express. And it gets worked out with faith and trusting the Lord and abiding in him, living and practicing this life together in the new community. He's making promises. Yes, those promises get endangered and have been in different ways, in ways that I never would have expected three years ago. I now know about more ways that the promises can be endangered. But I've also learned that those promises are reframed in a way that brings hope into my life and hope. I, I'm more encouraged than ever about what God's doing in and through us. It's, it's really incredible. So stand up. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace as we trust in him so that we will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Worship team's coming, ministry team's coming, and just, you know, we've gone through a bit of the story today, the vision, the challenges, and I, you know, if you need prayer about something that's been stirred, you know, specifically just on the challenges of living life together, maybe it's healing about something that's happened in the past or with the church or um, 
you know, I, just on my behalf, I just want to say, man, on behalf of church leaders everywhere, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for any hurts or wounds that have happened. And, and maybe it was like really done in a spiteful, mean way. I don't know. But a lot of times people are trying to do the best they can with what they've got. And let's forgive as we've been forgiven so that we can move forward in wholeness and health and life together. Lord, help us to love, to turn toward one another, to, uh, to practice healing, to accept healing, to practice forgiveness, to accept forgiveness, and to uh, re-up on life together. Maybe that's part of the prayer for you today is re-upping on life together in your life group or getting a part connected to a life group or being a part of the church in a, in a new and profound way. I, we couldn't tell our story about being in Christ without talking about being connected to the people of God. It just makes all the difference in the world. So Father, just uh, whatever the need is, today as we talk about just the beauty, Lord, of the church and sharing and multiplying life together in the new community. Lord, uh, just help us where there's next steps that need to be taken out of the past. Lord, give us grace to do it, to find healing and, and fresh commitments. Lord, somebody's watching online, even a fresh commitment to, to life-giving community together, face-to-face. We love you, Lord. We need you. Help us as we move forward in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, let's just lean in for a moment in prayer. Get some, get some prayer from somebody. And uh, yeah, whatever your need is. If you've got any other need that I'm not talking about, be sure and get prayer here before you leave.